I'd like to welcome you to the Jed Hughes Podcast. Each episode will feature a unique leader and will delve into the qualities that inspire greatness, galvanize organizations, and teach the next generation of aspiring leaders. Jed ran the process that resulted in the hiring of Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Masai Uzuri. Now, according to Forbes, Jed is the most connected man in sports. My guest today comes from a football family. His father was the head coach at the University of Minnesota. He was a Division III defensive back, was injured, and became a graduate assistant coach. He had an opportunity to work for the Kansas City Chiefs as a scout and then moved on to the Green Bay Packers under the legendary Ron Wolf, who's developed general managers John Snyder, who's with the Seattle Seahawks, Reggie McKenzie, who was with the Oakland Raiders, and John Dorsey, who was with both the Kansas City Chiefs and Cleveland Browns. Brian became the general manager three years ago, was involved in the hiring of Matt LaFleur, and the team has performed at a high level. Brian brings a level of intellect, an understanding of relationship building, and how to put together championship rosters. Our guest, Brian Gudekinst. Welcome, friends. We've got the opportunity to have the general manager of the first place Green Bay Packers, Brian Gudekins. Uh Brian, uh, you come from a football family. Yeah, um, kind of born into it. Dad, father was a coach for a long time. And, uh, you know, since the time I was born, Saturdays, Sundays meant something. You played. How did you decide to get into the front office? You know, it was really more by accident than anything. You know, right when I got played at a small Division three school, uh, right when I got done playing, I started coaching there, coaching linebackers, and we actually had a JV team that I was coaching. And uh, through that, I uh, kind of fell into an internship uh, with Ron Wolf with the Green Bay Packers back in uh, 1997. My head coach at the, the Wisconsin Lacrosse um, had known John Dorsey, and they were looking for to start an internship program that would um, allow them to have some candidates to replace the guys they thought they might lose. They were having a lot of success, and Ron wanted kind of a stable of guys to to turn to if they lost some scouts. I fell into that internship, uh, really liked it, and then that kind of led to a, an opportunity with John Schneider with the Kansas City Chiefs. So when John went to the Chiefs, he brought you with him? He did, and I kind of went in there as a, a scouting assistant that did a little bit of uh, pro, a little bit of college, and that was kind of my first opportunity in the National Football League. It was short-lived. We were only there for about nine months. <laughs> um, and then I was back in Green Bay with Ron, kind of started as an area scout. And, and that began a long, long run here in Green Bay. So with uh, John, did he come back at that time or did he, where did he go? He, he bounced around. So at, at the end of that season, we had a tough season in Kansas City and Marty Schottenheimer uh, stepped down. Uh, I had actually left uh, right before the season ended to go back to Green Bay. And John ended up kind of uh, bounced around. He went with uh, Marty to Washington and then he was in Seattle a little bit with Ted Toms before he came back to Green Bay for, for a brief period of time. I wouldn't say it was a brief period of time, but a few years before he ended up getting back to Seattle. Right. So what was it about Ron Wolf that you know, helped him not only build championship teams, but helped him develop four or five people? You, know, you talk about John Dorsey and Reggie and yourself and John Snyder and Teddy Thompson. So, I mean, that's a that's a that's a tree. 
that's a pretty yeah. impressive tree. So what were the things, what were those qualities that Ron did or the way he ran the office that helped you in your development? A lot of my learning really came through those, some of those guys you mentioned, kind of like a trickle-down effect from Ron. I got to be around Ron for about three years. I was on the road quite a bit, but the times I was around him, he was um, obviously a world of experience. So all this time with the Raiders and the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Jets. But the one thing about Ron was he was very decisive. He was very confident. He always knew what he wanted. And so uh, it was very clear. It was very easy to work for because uh, he kind of had a standard that that he set. He just was very kind of uh, certainly wasn't afraid to take big swings, you know, to help the football team. But it was always about the team. And uh, and I think we always looked at it through the quarterback's eyes. That was the most important thing. And um, I think those were some of the things that uh, I remember from being around Ron. What about in terms of involving people, collaboration, things like that? Was there much mentoring going on or were you learning through osmosis? Yeah, I was pretty young at the time, so um, it was more osmosis. But I think the he certainly empowered the guys around him, the you know, John Dorsey's, uh, Reggie McKenzie, John Schneider's, Ted Thompson. When we did things, um, it was certainly, um, you know, as a group and it was all about the, the team. You know, I mean, that was the biggest thing was that uh, let's not get sidetracked. Let's make sure that we're always trying to improve our football team. So when Ted took over, how did things change? Ted was a little bit different um, in, in, of a, a guy and kind of the way he approached things. But at the same time, our, our system and the foundation of how we go about it didn't really change at all. It was very similar to Ron. We had gone through a short period of time where Mike Sherman was head coach and general manager in between the time Ron stepped down. And so we really got back to the basics, quite frankly, when Ted came back. And I think it was a relief. What do you mean by what do you mean specifically by the basics? I think the way we, we went about our process of draft meetings, free agency, everything that uh, in the scouting process uh, got back to the way it kind of was with Ron, uh, where we maybe had gotten a little off track during a, a three or four year period of time. So we got back to, to those kind of the basics of the fundamentals of what we believe in. I think that obviously really helped turn us around pretty quickly. So when you took over, you came into a, a role that's expanded greatly. So as you think about your assimilation in, what were the biggest learning gaps that you had where you had to bring yourself up to speed and, bro- and broaden your learning? And I was lucky enough to kind of be brought back into the building in 2012. So I certainly had enough experience uh, within this organization before taking it over. But I think the thing that you're never really prepared for is the amount of decisions that come across your desk on a daily basis. And so many of them that have nothing really to do particularly with football. So I think that's that was one of the things where I think uh, you had you have to kind of learn that on the fly, learn how to manage people. You know, in the in the scouting world, I think you know, especially when you're on the road so much, you're kind of an independent contractor. You know what I mean? And um, you're kind of your own boss out on the road doing doing what you need to do. Whereas when you come into the office, there's so much more that um, uh, you see in how the organization is run and and, and the importance of it, and then uh, just the day to day decisions that come across your desk. So how have you structured your department? What are the verticals that report into you? So we have um, obviously the, the, the personnel staff. And then, you know, what I, we kind of have broken it up here between myself, Russ Ball, and the head coach where, you know, different departments kind of report um, to the three of us. But um, certainly, you know, the medical side uh, reports to me and, and um, Brian Engel, our trainer, is the one that kind of runs that entire department. Our nutrition staff, you know, headed up by Adam. Um, it does a really good job, but within personnel, which is really the, the main, 
my main priority. I have three guys at the top. Uh, Milt Henderson kind of crosses over between college and uh, pro. John Derek Sullivan does the same thing. And then uh, John Wojcikowski and Richmond Williams really run our pro department. It's really a collaborative thing where we meet every day and uh, kind of set out, you know, what we're going to do for each and every day and how we're trying to improve the team. But that's kind of how um, we've set that up. So when you took over, you had a veteran coach mm -hmm. and uh, the reporting structure changed in that now the head coach and you reported into Mark Murphy, the CEO. In terms of how that has worked from a decision-making perspective, how would you describe that? Well, obviously, it's, I think it's worked pretty well over the past, you know, two, two, three years, um, securing our second division championship uh, this weekend. What I will say is when I entered it, it was new for me. Uh, certainly, uh, everything I had been under before was where there was one guy at the top, uh, usually the general manager, and everybody in football reported to him. It was a little bit... Um, one of those things, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. The thing that I've learned is it's really more about the people than it is about the structure. And, you know, we're so fortunate to have Mark. Um, he has so much experience uh, all across uh, many different uh, areas in, um, in football. And I think having him kind of support all three of us, really, myself, the head coach, and even Russ Ball, I think that, you know, really allows us to work. The biggest thing for us is communication. You know, we meet every couple of weeks sit down and go through whatever issues we're going through. But I think the biggest thing is the people in those roles supporting each other and understanding the decisions we all have to make to, to try to make this, this football team go. So when you came in and evaluated the roster and what it had, where the holes were, what you needed to do, how did you put your blueprint together on evaluating the roster and the kinds of moves you had, were going to have to make? You know, going into it, I think we, we realized specifically on defense there was we needed um, – we needed to do something pretty aggressive to get us to be a competitive team that was going to allow us to compete for championships. Since Ron's been here, everything kind of starts and, and, and ends with the quarterback to a certain degree. Uh, and we had that. Um, so that was a huge piece uh, moving forward. We definitely thought we had to do a lot on defense. So we spent in free agency quite a bit more so than we had in a long time here. Um, and we put some uh, draft resources into the defense. Was that a head coach decision, your decision, a collaborative marks? How did you, how did you, Get to it's, that it's, point. It's ultimately my decision, but I think it's very, you know, collaborative in the fact that I'm, I work, you know, hand in hand with the head coach. Uh, at that particular um, time, we were moving from Mike McCarthy uh, to Matt Lafleur, so it was a uh, there was a new staff going in. Matt had a ton on his plate, so when, when those decisions were made, it was uh, and they, and all the personal decisions are mine. But at the same time, it's 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 collaborative and it's something we work hand in hand in day to day. Um, I think the evaluation of our, fo of our football team is, you know. It never stops. It's, three, it's 365 days a year. I mean, that's the way we look at team building. Um, there's plenty of players that are really contributing for us this year. Alan Lazard, Shannon, Shannon Sullivan, that we picked up in the middle of um, a season. And now they're main contributors for us. So that's kind of how we look at it. And if there's ever any area we can get better, we're certainly going to try to do so. But as we entered into 2019 season, uh, and a lot of those decisions were made, we had a new coaching staff. And so there was a lot of collaboration, but um, at the end of the day, those, those are decisions that I have to make for the football team. So in terms of securing a head coach, so you're, you're in your second year, what were you looking for in your head coach? The biggest thing, and you know, I think Mark did a great job kind of running uh, you know, our search and, and obviously selecting Matt. But the biggest thing for me was I think I wanted a guy who was really authentic. You know, I think uh, this is a tough league. It's tough to stand up in front of those players day in and day out. And if you're not kind of 
comfortable in your own skin, it's going to be a tough job. So I wanted someone who was authentic. I wanted someone who I thought um, saw the game through the quarterback's eyes and certainly Matt uh, with all his experience coaching quarterbacks and coming up um, that way. I thought that was important. And uh, in our current situation, which is obviously we have a Hall of Fame quarterback and I wanted to make sure that he could he could work with that with with Aaron. And um, because that was going to be such a big part of where we were headed. And uh, really, I think, uh, you know, Mark hit a home run Um, once we sat down with Matt, I think it was very evident to all of us that, that this was going to be a guy that, you know, could do the things we were asking him. Again, you never know until you get him in the building and they start working with the team. But, you know, Matt's done an, an unbelievable job with our whole football team, and uh, we're, we're really excited to have him. Were you concerned at all that he'd only had one year as a coordinator? Yeah, you know, you, you had the one year as a coordinator in L.A. Uh, where he didn't call plays, and then Tennessee was the first year he had called plays. I think the most impressive thing to me was that he made that jump from L.A. to Tennessee. And obviously, come up in that Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan kind of right. system, which was very attractive. But at the same time, I think he made the decision where he could have stayed in L.A. They had a really good team. Uh, he would have been a hot name regardless. I think he recognized how important for his own growth it was to move to Tennessee to call plays. Watching him through that year, um, they certainly didn't have a lot of the pieces that fit maybe what he wanted to do and how he adjusted uh, with uh, Derrick Henry and some of the things they did, I thought was really impressive. And I think just having the growth mindset to say, hey, this is where I, I need to do to, to grow and, and taking that leap of faith and that risk. Um, I don't think everybody has that. And I think that was something that really was, uh, you know, is a credit to him. Well, it's a tremendous decision that you made as an organization. And it appears that he and the, the quarterback have a tremendous relationship. They certainly do. And that, and that was such a big part of that decision, you know, like, because obviously when you have a unique dynamic player like, like Aaron, um, he has to be a very big part of what you're doing. And so that, that relationship couldn't be more important. In relationship to how he works, um, you have a quarterback coach, but – has the communication work between the head coach, the quarterback coach, and Aaron as they do their game plans and so forth? It really is uh, it's, it's as collaborative of a room as I've probably ever been around. You know, obviously Matt is our head coach, but um, uh, Nate Hackett and, uh, you know, Luke Getze and Aaron kind of make up that room. That's been really fun to watch because the creativity with those guys, and I think Matt's ability to let um, all those um, different parties have their input into what, what the game plan is going to be has been really important. When I did a podcast with Andy Reid, he talked about how he's got two people he's hired. All they do is study film to come up with new plays. Does your organization do anything like that? Where you've got people that are looking to high school film, Canadian film, anyone yeah. that plays football to see if you can come up with unusual plays. And I don't want to give any Matt secrets away, but we, we obviously have a very large staff and there's guys that are dedicated to kind of looking at different things that make uh, tapes uh, every week uh, that, that Matt and his staff go through to, to look at um, new wrinkles, I think, you know, to kind, kind of um, keep things in this league. You can't stay static. You got to kind of keep moving. Right. They, they look at all levels of success and then how they can incorporate into the really the, the foundation of Matt's offense, which is. Um, as again, has been is very successful in the league right now. When you look at your roster each year, each day, do you put uh, asset values on each player as what they're worth? So that as you look at the salary cap and you look at potentially re-signing people or what they're worth on the, 
you know, from a trade perspective, free agent perspective, how do you, I've just finished doing work with the Mets and to bring mm-hmm. the baseball people. And we interviewed a lot of different general managers and they talked about one of them, how they have their analytical, their analytic model, they have their scouting model, and then how they bring both of them together and how the financial pieces all work in all that. How does your organization use your analytics, use the scouting information and be able to blend or not blend? We use it all. Uh, and I think, again, it's, it's like anything. There's, um, I think you, you want as much information as you possibly can get. I've always been big at like, let's look at the outliers. Like a lot of the information from our analytic department, from our scouting department will be pretty similar. You know, like the way we value a player. The outliers are always the things I'm interested in and why. And, and then kind of come into a decision on those things. And that, that ultimately is, um, that's where you can maybe create some edge, you know, uh, where you may feel like you find value in, in, in different areas. So I think it's a collaboration. I think it's, I think you've got to be careful, especially in our game. Our game is such a different game than, than baseball or even basketball to a certain extent where you have to understand the, the team part of it and how everything is so interdependent on each other. But at the same time, I think, uh, the one thing that that I found with the with the analytics side of what we're doing is that it can allow us as a scouting uh, department to really take a hard look at things maybe that we wouldn't have in the past, and we've certainly seen some um, some fruits of that labor. Where do your analytics fit in uh, as you were talking about your different verticals? Yeah, so Mike Hallbach is he kind of runs what we call our football technology department, which houses our analytics. Uh, we've certainly grown that over the past three years and then added um, different um, people to that to, to that department. And I think it's really it's it's, it's growing. I think they you know, there's so much data now that's available. Um, and everyone's trying to kind of figure out how how they really want to interpret it. Certainly for me, I think on a number of things, not only from, you know, there's a coaching side of it where there's decision making that, that Matt has to go through. that I think that it, that we support there. There's certainly the decisions that I need to make from a player personnel decision-making that, that supports me. But I also think there's so much data now um, medically, um, with the GPS that we're, we're currently getting that I, I don't think anybody really has figured out exactly how to uh, apply. The people that do are going to have a significant edge. One of the things I was talking with uh, last week is the medical director for the Warriors, Rick Celebrini. And he's talked about uh, the mental aspect of how much more they're looking at stress on how mm-hmm. that affects performance and how it affects recovery. Because now basketball, obviously, they're playing you know, repetitive games right. and, and, the, and load management and those kinds of things. They're looking at probably more significantly than you are because practices from when I coached are not what they were. Back in the days with Chuck Noll and, and those people where you went out right. pads every day and on Friday you'd have a goal line scrimmage. So yeah, yeah I think there's no doubt that, that uh, really, in some ways, it's a new science. And again, nobody, I don't think anyone's really figured out exactly how to use the data, but we're constantly trying. Matt's done a great job with our team of kind of um, listening to Chris Gizzy, our strength coach, and, and Brian Engel, our trainer, as to how our team is. Not only through the data, but I think through some intuition as well and when to back off and when to push. And I think that as a head coach, that is extremely important. I think for me, from a kind of a longer term look at things, I think it's trying to trying to determine some of the guys who are maybe a little bit more durable and hardy uh, play through an NFL season. And can the data show some things, maybe things to stay away from 
uh, things that aren't quite as big a deal as maybe we thought in the past. Because really, in our game, the the availability and durability of players is 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 probably more important than in any other sport. That was Bud Grant working with him. The number one ability is durability. Right. Yeah. And, and with him, we never tested anybody in anything. We didn't right. do forty. We didn't do anything. He said, yeah. "I don't care what they're running shorts. I want to see what their football speed is. I want right. to see if they can track that guy down when he's broken right. loose, or or if he can." So we've come a long way from yes. those days. To your point, with all the GPS data and now being able to calculate max speeds and change directions, and it's still evolving. But I think as as time goes on, a lot of the um, the testing that we've done for so long in the National Football League, I think you'll see some of that start to change. I mean, and there's a group called P3 out in Santa Barbara that's that I took my son through. That in terms of understanding the body and the human dynamics, they use these these force plates and power plates, and they have you do these different movements and jumps. And then got these algorithms where they're able to be able to compare you with elite athletes. And then they develop a training program for your whole body, not just for a specific part. Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, complete body development, which yeah. I think is one of the trends occurring as well. Yeah, because no, I think that's that's the future. There's no doubt about it. It's because each each athlete is different in their own way and they need to be trained you know, in, in different ways as well. Um, and I think that's a. Uh, that's certainly where we're, we're headed, and I think it's going to be more and more of that. In terms of, of the, the 53, how is that? Is that under you being the GM, or is that the head? Who's got the, the, uh, the roster? No, it's technically under me, but it's really it, – we, we do it together. Um, it's, a, it's a daily conversation through training camp. We certainly set out with some thoughts of where, where it might head, and then uh, I think you have to – you owe it to your players and you owe it to your team to really have open competitions – Throughout, and then as we get closer, certainly the to the to the cut down day, Matt and I spend a lot of time in conversation, not only with um, our scouts and, and our personnel department, but our coaches as well. And and then at the end of the day, me and Matt will sit down and, and we'll we'll make that those decisions really together. It's been it's been a really good working collaboration with him. And um, again, I think it's like anything; it's about people and putting egos aside and trying to do what's best for the for the football team. I remember Ron Wolf told me that when he and Holmgren were really good, they get in the room and all they did was talk about what was best for the Packers. And yeah. then Mike wanted the chance to kind of do his own thing and it, it changed. And that was the time that he left and went out and you know took on more responsibility. But to your point, the thing that always impressed me about what Ron told me was that when they got in that room, just the two of them, all the decisions were based on what was best for Green Bay. And, you know, there's obviously, I mean, this is, you, you know, this business as well as anybody, Jed, like there's, there's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of opinions in this building throughout the building, whether it's your scouts, your assistant coaches. And the one thing that I've always tried to tell my guys is that at the end of the day, when me and Matt come out of those rooms and make a decision, whether they agree with it or not, it's a Packer decision. We all want what's best for the Packers. And I think, you know, that was uh, kind of what Ron, the way he did it, the way Ted did it. And I think that's very important to understand that once the decision is made, we're moving on our organization has done a very good job of that. So how has COVID thrown a curveball at you? More than you could ever possibly know. It's uh, the amount of memos I get on a daily basis, uh, you know, trying to figure these things out is, uh, is more than I could have ever expected in my lifetime. But it's, uh, it's certainly, I think, been a challenge. But at the same time, I think it's, it, for me, it really goes to show our organization and, and how much, you know, from Mark all the way down, um, how many good people we have because it's this has been a big challenge for everyone to step up and do different things. I think our, I got to give a lot of 
credit to our players through the things we've asked them to do, they've done. And we, for the most part, knock on wood, we've really been able to kind of avoid some of the things you've seen around uh, the sports world. So it's changed. Um, we've certainly had to reduce our numbers in the building quite a bit. That uh, makes really everybody in the organization have to take on different duties. And, uh, and I've been really proud of the organization and how the people have stepped up and not complained and understand that we got an opportunity in front of us and nobody wants to waste it. So do you see any trends happening in the National Football League style type of player, football going forward, football after people have been yeah. vaccinated and we're back to right. the, where the, your stadium's packed and you got the fans eating kielbasa and sausage <laughs> and, right. and doing all that fun stuff? You know, for the most part, there's always kind of trends that seem to swing back and forth a little bit. You know, I think the one tried and true thing, you know, is obviously it's about quarterbacks. You know, if you got a quarterback, you got a really good chance to to uh, compete for championships. I think the one thing that in the current state we're at right now, I think you see a lot more of the athletic quarterback, the ability to um, use his feet to make plays more so than we have ever seen. Um, that's always been a real staple around here, whether it was Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. I think it was always a big part of Mike Holmgren's West Coast uh, offense that the, the quarterback had to be able to move his feet, create extended plays. I think the one thing that we've seen, whether it's Lamar Jackson, uh, Kyler Murray, or, and some of these other really good quarterbacks who have become run threats, I think that's changed a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see over time if that sticks, because obviously, as we all know, those guys that run a lot don't last long. And so it'll be interesting to see how that, you know, how long that lasts. But uh, uh, it certainly puts a lot of stress on the defense, and it's uh, certainly working for those teams right now. The two years you've had your new head coach, you've had unbelievable success. And uh, Aaron stayed, Aaron has stayed healthy, which obviously in this league, as you said, the durability factor. Yep. But if you continue the march to the, the championship, I really wish you good luck. Uh, I, I appreciate taking time. You know, it's just fun to have been a part of your process, watching you move into this role and execute at a very high level. Well, thank you very much for those words. We're excited for what's in front of us. And I appreciate you letting me come on and, and talk. And um, yeah, it's been fun.